Welcome to the Pentecostal Church of De Quincey. My name is Molly, and we are so glad that you chose to spend your weekend with us. We're about to start our Sunday worship experience here in just a few minutes. The lyrics will be up on the screen so you can sing along and engage in worship however you feel comfortable. After that, our pastor will come out to share an encouraging and timely message. We will be here for just about an hour or so. If you have kids with you, we want you to know our Sunday school team has a great day planned for them. It's safe, it's secure, and most importantly, your kids are going to have a great time. If this is your first time joining us today, we want you to feel right at home and know that this is a safe place and we are so glad to have you here. One of the best ways you can get connected with us is to... Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's so good to see everyone here. Why don't you turn to somebody you haven't spoken to yet? Tell them it's good to see you.
so faithful Not because I've been so good You've always been there for me To provide my every need You were there when I was lonely You were there in all of my pain Guiding my footsteps Shelter from the rain And it was you, Lord Made my life clean You are to me My everything And that is why I sing Jesus, I love you Because you
just extend your hands all over this place right now? Could that course be your prayer? Could that, that course be your proclamation? Come on in your own way. Let it come out of the innermost part of your being right now. Lord, I love you. I love you because you first loved me. I believe that he's worthy of every extension of our praise this morning. Lord, we love you. 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 Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us even when we are unlovable. Thank you for loving us when we feel far from you. Thank you for loving us. Even in our darkest and our worst day, thank you for loving us. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the love of God today? How many of you are truly thankful for... The Apostle Paul said that there is no measurement of its width. There is no plumbing its depth. His love is measureless. And even when we feel the most unlovable, I believe that's when he loves us the most. Maybe there's here someone here this morning under the sound of my voice and you feel like you're far from God. I would say to you today, that's when God is the closest to you. And he's hunting you down. He's pursuing you. He's drawn you into this house today for a divine appointment with his presence and his power. One more time, can we just raise our hands and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love, Lord, today. Thank you for your love today. Thank you for your love today. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. My name is David Grigsby. We want to welcome you to TPC today. We're glad that you're here. Look at your neighbor and high five them and say, I'm glad to see you in God's house. And if I could sing like Connor and Tyler, I wouldn't have to make the announcements, but praise God. Hallelujah. You're glad that I'm not singing. Amen. But we're glad to be here today and I'm glad that you're here. Look at your other neighbor and say, you look good. I know it's cold in South Louisiana, but you look good. If this is your first time today, we want to welcome you, and we, we want you to know that you're in the right place. Amen. I said, we want you to know that you're in the right place. This is a safe place, and we're glad that you're here. You know what? Just for a second, if there's someone sitting beside you that you don't know, could you just reach over there and introduce yourself? If you're sitting next to your spouse and you're introducing yourself, we have counseling. Praise God. But if you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you, and we thank you that you're here, that you took time out of your weekend to be with us. One of the greatest ways that we can connect with you is through our connection cards. Hopefully in front of you at your seat or close to you, there's a connection card, and we would love for you to fill that out. And if you'll do so, we've got a special gift for you. And uh, the ushers are getting ready to come and for our time of giving this morning, and you can actually give those cards to the ushers. We have another great way for you to connect with us. If you'll just text the word guest to 337-227-9699. You can also fill out one of our digital connection cards and we do have a special gift for you. We thank you for being here today. Well, I said, we thank you for being here today. We're thankful that you're here. 
And I know that God is here for you to meet you in a special way. And I know pastor has a special word for us today. And I believe that you're going to walk away from this place encouraged and lifted up and your life being changed. Amen. A couple of more of announcements. Railroad Festival is coming up. If you would like to help out with that, there's a signed up sheet right outside this door on the North Foyer. Everyone say the North Foyer. Did you know that we have a North Foyer and a South Foyer? Isn't that awesome? You just thought we had a North Foyer. We actually have a North Foyer and a South Foyer. And today before you leave, we'd like for you to go through the South Foyer. And we've got a photo booth set up. We'd like for you to take a picture. Yes, we believe in selfies here. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'd love for you to take a picture. And we'd love for you to tag the Facebook page, TPCDQ. And we'd love to know that you're here with us and hanging out with us. And we're going to have a great time. Amen? Amen. Youth Retreat is this weekend coming up. We're excited. about. Are you excited about Youth Retreat? Yeah. I know the Alliance team has done a great job preparing for that. And Connor, I mean, Cameron says there's a parent meeting right after church this morning. How many of you will just take a moment this week and pray over all the students that are traveling? Could you just do that? Make that a part of your prayer this week. Just, just, just the Lord knows who they are. He knows their names and he knows exactly what they have need of. And we're believing that God's going to meet them. Amen. So we're excited about that. And we also remind you that prayer is this Tuesday morning at 10. Our ushers are coming this morning. We're getting ready to give. I'm thankful that I cannot outgive my God. How many of you have tried? You can't do it. I'm thankful that every time that we are in a place that we have a need, the power of God's generosity overwhelms us like a flood and a wave. I'm thankful that we serve a generous, giving God, not a taking God. So that we know that when we give, it comes back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? Can you stand real quick? Lord, we thank you for your power, your presence, your love. We thank you, Lord, that you're in this room. I don't know a whole lot, but at 50 years old, I figured it out. Wherever you're at, that's the place where the miraculous can take place. I pray over every need. I don't know every need that's in here. I don't know every person that's here, but maybe there's a marriage struggling right now. Maybe there's a child that's far from God. Maybe there's a financial situation. Maybe there's a sickness. Whatever the need is, the power and the glory of your presence is here to minister, touch, and move right now. I pray, Lord, over every giver, every sacrificial giver today, God, I pray that it comes back to them. And we thank you, God, that your generosity comes out of this house. These wonderful people have proven it this very week by giving into missions. And we know that God is going, you're going to do great things through that gift. So we pray over every gift and every giver this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
your name, Jesus. There's nobody like the Lord. Amen. I've said it so many times. No one has ever been as faithful to me as the Lord has been. He is so faithful and I'm so thankful. So good to see all of you here this morning. I just want to once again welcome Brother David and Sister Michelle and Alex here to TPC. Excited to have them. And as you know, their son Alex, because Brother David has shared with us several times that Alex has, he's autistic, but he loves the Lord and he loves worship and as you get to know him he wants what everybody wants and that's love right so we are just gonna shower this family with so much love and we're delighted and honored to have them i want to say to mike and morgan would you raise your hand they paid us a great compliment i said i can't believe i'm getting to see you this soon and Morgan said, I wanted to come back to TPC for my birthday. I said, that's amazing. So do you want to have a birthday again next week? And the next week? We love Mike and Morgan, and it's good to see your mom and your dad with you. To all of our guests, we welcome you. It's, it's a real honor to have you here. Thank you. I mean that from my heart. I don't ever take the presence that I feel for granted. Because in God's presence, there's healing. Amen. There's healing in this house today. And I'm so glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of 2 Chronicles? 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And I do want to tell you as you're preparing your hearts and minds for the word I want to say thank you for over $1,900 that we gave to our missionary on Wednesday night that is amazing it is amazing thank you and yes I am uh, concerned about the price of gas like you are Trey's already telling me daddy I think I'm fixing to get a bike and take my bike to work and so, yes, we are aware that it's getting close to $5 a gallon, and that's a lot. It's now taken double what it took just, what, six months or less ago. But I'm just going to maybe have to cut back in some ways, but I'm not going to cut back when it comes to coming to the house of the Lord. And I'm not going to cut back when it comes to my tithe and my offering, because I know that if I put Him first... Hey, I'm going to just tell you, and I, I didn't have any plans on telling you this, but I'm going to tell you this. I have literally experienced God take $20 and make it like a $50 bill. I, I don't know how that's possible, just like I don't know how he could take five loaves and two fish and feed thousands with it. But I'm telling you, when you put your money in God's hands and you put it, give him the first fruits, God has a way of blessing it and returning it back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Can I get a witness? And so, yes, I may cut back somewhere. I may not 
go out as much to El Toucan or something. But I'm not going to cut back on my giving to the Lord. He's never failed me yet. Second Chronicles 16 and 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Let's read that again. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I have not come here to impress. I've come here to be a blessing. Father, and I pray for the next few minutes that you would take this word and encourage and equip and edify this wonderful body of Christ for your great name. And everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice this verse says, whose heart is loyal. It's a heart issue, brothers and sisters. I like your attention. I said it's a heart issue. It's not a talent requirement. It's a heart issue. It's not a talent requirement. A person's talent may allow them to stand up, but their wrong choices make them sit down. Come on, somebody. See, God is not searching for talent alone. Go in your mind to the Old Testament and you will see King Saul. He was head and shoulders above everyone. He was a very talented warrior. But look at 1 Samuel chapter 31 and verse 4 and it tells you the sad ending of Saul's life. Look at Samson. He was very talented as a strong judge in Israel. But read about his life and you find out how it ends. There was, there was Demas and Demas was talented enough to be chosen by the apostle Paul. But keep reading in one of Paul's letters and it says this, Demas hath forsaken me loving this present world. Brothers and sisters, it's not a talent issue. It is a heart issue. And God is looking for men and women whose heart is wholly following after him. Even if you keep reading and you find out about the prophet Samuel, the prophet Samuel was one of the greatest Old Testament prophets who ever lived. But when we look at Samuel and he was getting ready to anoint a new king, he looked at Eliab and he thought, man, surely Eliab is the one that I should anoint. But if you look at 1 Samuel 16 and 7, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. He may have been a nice looking man. He may have been talented, but his heart was not where God wanted it to be. I just want to say in this day and age when we will pay athletes who are so talented millions of dollars and then they act like fools and the world 
will pay millions to talented athletes. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not what God is looking for. He is not looking for how well you sing, and I thank God for good singers. He's not looking for how talented you are, and I thank God for your talent. But his eyes are going to and fro across the whole earth, and he's looking for men and women whose hearts will be loyal to him. Now, if we keep reading the book of Samuel, we, we see why God... Why God refused Eliab. The scriptures let us know that David's father was Jesse. And Jesse told David, he said, I want you to take these cakes and these loaves of bread. And I want you to take them down to your brothers. And I want you to give this cheese and this loaves of bread to your brothers. And uh, that way they can have food as they are in, in, in array against the Philistines. And so... David went to where his brothers were to obey his father's command and to give his brothers their provisions. And he heard Goliath issue a challenge that if one of Israel's warriors would defeat him, then the Philistines would be their servants and they would serve Israel. But the opposite side of that was if we defeat you, then Israel will serve us. And the Bible says that Goliath insulted Israel for 40 days. And when David heard this challenge, he wanted to fight. I want you to look at 1 Samuel 17. It says, when Eliab, now here's his older brother. This was David's older brother. Heard David speaking with the men. He burned in anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Eliab judged David as having a wicked heart when in actuality it was Eliab's heart. That was not pure. Because Eliab had the same spirit that Saul had. Because Eliab nor Saul could see the greatness in others because they were all too busy looking at themselves. Each one of us, brothers and sisters, must overcome family issues to enter into the fullness of what God has for us. Can I talk to you a few minutes? If we can defeat the negativity of our family with truth and still walk in love toward them, then we are going to have an anointing upon our life that will help us to walk into our destiny and slay the giants that are in our life. I want you to notice something. This is really key. Notice that David did not get sidetracked into defending himself with his family. Instead, he just kept his focus on his opportunity. Because the enemy would try to bring your family, your precious family, into your life. And they don't even see your potential. And they start talking down to you as 
who do you think you are and why do you think you can do that but David never allowed anger to get into his heart toward his older brother I may be wrong but I do believe that if David would have gotten anger and bitterness in his heart toward Eliab and said oh you just frustrate me and just walked off the battle then who would have killed Goliath and what I am saying is is that your family yes your precious family can be a distraction sometimes and the enemy will try to use even your family to distract you from your destiny but you have to pray and say God I don't want to walk in anger I don't want to walk in bitterness I want to walk in my purpose Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to guard your destiny. You got to guard your destiny. Are you with me? It don't just stop with Eliab. Can we go further? Look at 1 Samuel 17 and verse 32. David now goes up to Saul. And David says this. He says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Because your servant will go and fight him. Saul, King Saul replied, here we go again, talking down to David. But you are nothing more than just a youth. And this Philistine, he's been fighting for a long time. And guess what? In other words, David, you're really no match for this man. You're young, inexperienced. And he's older and very experienced. But if you keep reading, David reminisced on some old victories. And he said, guess what? I just want to remind you that when no one was looking and a lion came up to eat my little lamb, I took the the lamb out of the lion's mouth and with my bare hands, I killed him. And if that's not enough, a bear tried to do the same thing. He must not have been watching. Because I did the same thing to him when no one was looking. See, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Before I ever got up here to preach to this great audience, I was wiping snotty-nosed kids and running a bus route. Because here's what I found out. If God can't trust you with the little, he'll never trust you with the much. And if... That's why you can't get distracted with what family says. You can't get distracted with what your boss says. You can't get distracted with what people say. You gotta keep your focus. You gotta keep your eye on Jesus. He started your story and he's gonna finish your story. And don't get distracted. Guard your destiny. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? Make no mistake about this. When people start talking down to you, the enemy is attempting to steal your confidence and your identity. Because insecure people always have to build themselves up. They got to always make themselves feel better than you. The fact of the matter is neither Saul nor Eliab were walking into their destiny because they were living in fear. 
And when they saw this young man say, hey, I'm really not afraid because I know the victories that God gave me when nobody's looking. And who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of Israel? I'm going to tell you something. When people aren't walking in their destiny, they always try to keep you from walking in yours. But notice this. This is powerful to me. That David did not allow a brother. He did not allow a king. And he didn't even allow the enemy to alter his identity. But here's what's ironic. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Here is what is very ironic. And that is David had already been anointed king by Samuel. He had already been anointed king by Samuel, but he never talked down to Saul because he knew who he was. And when you understand you're a son, it doesn't bother you to be a servant. But if you don't get the revelation of who you are, you start talking down to people that aggravate you and disappoint you because now you got to feel like you got to elevate yourself above them. Listen, when you know who you are and you know that God is with you. Don't try to change people's mind about you. Just guard yours. Can I say it again? Don't try to change your family's mind about you. Just guard yours. You may not see me that way, but God sees me that way. You may see me that I come from the wrong side of the tracks, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Hmm. See, the enemy attacks our identity with thoughts of inferiority. To cause us to disqualify ourselves from what God has chosen us to do. I'm going to just take a sidebar for just a minute. Y'all okay? When we say that we're not important, that's a cop out. Now, don't misconstrue what I'm fixing to tell you. We're not important in the fact that if something were to happen to us, the world stops tomorrow. Okay? We're important in the fact that God has purpose for every one of our lives. And there are some people that you are connected to that I may never know. And there are people I am connected to that you may never meet. And so while we're here upon this earth, God has destiny for us. And God doesn't just bless us so we can say, woo, we're blessed. God blesses us so we can do what we did Wednesday night and almost give $2,000 to a missionary to say, guess what? We're not holding this blessing. We're going to pass it on and we're going to let it go because we know that whatever we want, we give it away. And when we give it away, God brings it back to us. Are you with me? Ah, see, the enemy is wanting to attack your destiny, and he does it many times through your family. Don't look at them if they're here. But I'm going to say in all sincerity, I've been sent here on assignment this morning to tell somebody this. Grace believes in your future. Can I say it again? Grace believes in your future. Can I remind you, you didn't save God. God saved you. 
Can I remind all of us sweet people, you didn't find God. God found you. You didn't choose God. God chose you. And it's time that we replace the lie with the truth. Because that's how you guard your destiny. you got to replace every lie with the truth. Here's a lie that many of us deal with. I'm not good enough. The enemy would try to tell your pastor, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough to grow this church to see 600 adults worshiping God. You're not talented enough, Wayne. And I have to remind myself of this, that I by myself am not, but I am not by myself. Jesus fills in all the empty places because I am complete in him. Hallelujah. I am complete in him and I have what I need because I have him. Can I get a witness? We tell ourselves we're not good enough to apply for that position. We tell ourselves we're not good enough to date that person. We tell ourselves we're not good enough to grow a large business. And we're afraid to go after what we want because we're afraid of failing. And we're afraid of disappointment. And if we go after that, what happens if we fail? What happens if you don't? Come on. Can I talk to somebody this morning? When this particular lie starts whispering in our ear, we need to remind ourselves that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but God has given us courage. He has given us power. He has given us love. And He has given us a sound mind. How do you guard your destiny? You guard it with truth. Lie number two, I have to be perfect. And we're striving for perfection, brothers and sisters, through our own actions. And we start to believe that we, if we act perfectly, we are perfect. Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It don't matter who you are, your pastor included, we've all messed up. None of us in this room are perfect. Quit believing the lie that you have to be perfect. There was only one perfect one, and that was Jesus. The rest of us have sinned. We've fallen short. We've messed up. But guess what? You just get back again, and you replace the lie with the truth. Though I fall, I shall arise. Come on now. Here's the number three lie. I am unlovable. And the enemy tells us we have to be worthy of being loved. And that we only get that worthiness through our own efforts and through our own performance. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention. We are loved because God loves us. And he loves us so much that he adopted us into his family and he calls us sons and he calls us daughters and in Revelation he calls us kings and priests and one of God's greatest difficulties is to get us to see ourselves the way he sees us. Here's the line number four. My past is too dirty for God to forgive me. 
Listen, if God who sees everything we've ever done and he could easily drown us in our sin and in our guilt and in our shame, but he seeks only to free us, then surely we can get to a resolve that says my past will not define my future. And if God is willing to forgive me, then Lord help me to forgive myself. Come on, somebody. How do you guard your future? I'm going to just keep saying it. You guard your future by replacing every lie with the truth. In Matthew 4, the enemy comes to Jesus several times and says, If you are the Son of God. What was the enemy doing? He was attacking his identity. If you are. If you are the Son of God. Notice, Jesus did not guard his destiny with anger. He didn't fly off the handle at the devil. He didn't go into some tyrant and say, I'll tell you what devil, I'll tell you who I am. He didn't do that at all. He just took the word and he said three times, Satan, it is written. You know what you do with every lie? That's what you do. Satan, it is written. And what is amazing is Jesus' own family, brothers and sisters, didn't get who he was. But the devil knew exactly who he was. And if you study the life of Jesus, you'll find out that his identity was attacked at his birth. The Bible says he came into his own and his own received him not. He came to his own Jewish people and they didn't receive him. He was attacked in his ministry by the Pharisees and by his own people. He was even attacked at his death. All through his life, his identity was being attacked and he was experiencing rejection. This blows my mind. I want to put this scripture up, John 7 and 5. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Not only, get this, not only did his brothers not believe in him, all of his disciples left him and only one showed up at the crucifixion. He couldn't even ask his own brothers and sisters to take care of his mother Mary because they scattered. How do you think that'd make you feel? After investing three and a half years of your life into some men, pouring yourself into them, and when you need them the most, they're not there. And only one shows up, and that was John. And God, Jesus, looked at John and said, I want you to take care of my mother, Mary. How could Jesus, how could he endure the rejection and the attacks on his ministry? I want you to look at Philippians 2 and 5. Here's what it says. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, God took who he was and he didn't let anybody attack him in his identity. He knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he was the only begotten of God. And it didn't matter family, friends, Pharisees. He guarded his destiny with the truth. Do I have a witness in this house? Now, 
It was a lie that robbed Adam and Eve of their destiny. And it's going to rob you of yours. Here's what I've learned. I need you with me. I've learned this, that we will never operate outside of the way we see ourselves. I'm going to say it again. We'll never operate outside of the way we see ourselves. The Israelites saw themselves as grasshoppers and all they did was hop around a wilderness for 40 years. Because that's the way they saw themselves. You will never operate outside of the way you see yourself. And some Christians say, well, pastor, I don't, I just don't want to think too highly of myself because you got to be careful there. I want you to get this. Listen to this. Humility is not seeing ourselves low, but rather seeing him so high that there is never any competition. I want to say that again. Humility is not seeing ourselves low but rather seeing him so high that there is never any competition so that you can walk in your destiny and know, you know what? God wants me to succeed. God wants me to walk in truth. God wants to bless me as I come in and bless me as I go out. And you say, well, you better be careful. You may get too high and mighty. No, you just keep speaking the truth to yourself. You just keep speaking the truth. There is no competition when it comes to my God. I'll never get so high that I'm in a competition to him. He is the blesser. He is the first and the last. He is Alpha and Omega. He is my everything that I need when I need it. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to ask God to expose every lie that you are believing. You say, Pastor, you got us on a 10-day no complaining challenge? And now you want us to ask God to expose every lie we're believing? Yes, I do. You know why? Because that's where the enemy attacks you. He attacks you in the lies of your mind, believing that this is where I come from, so I can never go any higher than this. I come from this past, so I'll never rise to that future. And by the help and grace of God, God is going to help this pastor to keep knocking on this door of identity until some of us get a revelation of who we are. And when we get a revelation of who we are, we're not going to be timid and afraid, but we're going to lay hands on the sick and we're going to see them recover. God's going to give us a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and we're going to be able to encourage somebody. Why? Because we're walking in the gifts and we're walking in the fruit of the spirit and we're walking in knowing who we are in Christ come on somebody you say why is this important I'll tell you why because we can't reach 600 people with a one man show every one of us have got to understand I bring gifts abilities and talents to the table and for me to say I'm not important means I don't understand I'm carrying somebody's miracle on the inside of me I need to slow down a little bit because some of you are looking at me like I lost my mind. I'm going to say this again. Yes, 
you are carrying somebody's miracle on the inside of you. Where do I get that from? Jesus carried a miracle to the lepers. Peter and John carried a miracle to the lame man. What if they had said, well, let's just don't go by the temple today. It's not that important. We're not important anyway. A man would have still been staying there lame. But because they took who they were and they said, we don't have silver and gold, but we got something money can't buy. We're going to give you what is on the inside of us. Come on, somebody. I am preaching. You got to guard your destiny. I'm going to just go here. I know we're in De Quincey. I know this is a rural town. I know we got some backwoods thinking, well, I'm just not to nobody. I'm going to tell you with the help and grace of God, God's going to help me. God's going to help me to just keep coming to you in love and say, you got to get rid of that stinking thinking. You are a child of God. God wants his glory on your life. He wants his favor on your life. You got to quit looking at yourself as I'm just, you know, a redneck. And hey, God loves rednecks. Well, I just come from this. Well, God loves that too. Quit looking at yourself the way you see yourself and from your past and what who labeled you whatever and see yourself the way God sees you. Can I keep talking? Come on, somebody. Ask God to expose the lies. Ask God to expose the lies that many of you are believing. Jesus said this, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You know what we do? We look for something to define who we are. We look for something outside of ourselves to define who we are, whether that's a marriage, whether it's our work or our athletic body or whatever it may be. We're looking for something outside of ourselves to define us and give us an identity. And when you do that, it's totally distorted. Come on, come on, come on. If we get, brothers and sisters, our sense of identity from our stuff, we're going to be messed up. Because your stuff can be here today and literally gone tomorrow. Ask several in this house. Ask Chantel. She was living in a house. A storm comes through. Three pines fall on it. No longer has a house. Has to live with her parents. Yeah. You had a car. A tree falls on it. You don't have a car. You had a girlfriend. Big boy walks in. Takes her away. And if that is your identity, you start singing, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat some worms. You know why? Because you thought you were something when you had that chick on your side. Because your identity is not in Christ. It's in a girl, or it's in a car, or it's in a plane, or it's in the amount of money you earn. And I'm going to tell you that will distort your identity. I am somebody because I am in Christ. Come on now. Come on. We are something. Not because of what we drive or where we live or how much we earn. We're something because of who we are in Christ. I want you to get this statement, please. Here it is. It's going to come up on the screen. God made us who we are so we could make known who he is. Oh, you got to get that. 
Lisa, you got to get that. God made us who we are so we can make known who he is. Do you think that God wants you broke, busted, disgusted, and sick, and depressed? Do you think that is a good representation of your God? The rest of you need to answer me. No, it's not. I'm going to give you another chance. Do you think that is a good representation of your God? No, it is not. Your God is not broke. He's never been broke. He's not busted. He's not disgusted. He's not biting his fingernails trying to figure out what he's going to do with Putin and Biden and the rest of these. Bless his holy name. Come on. This stupidity fires me up. All this. You can tell I'm like a caged lion right now. Listen, I am not putting my identity in a president or the U.S. government or the U.S. dollar. I am thankful for God's blessings. But guess what? My hope and my confidence is in him. I go back. I thank God for my boss. I thank God who writes my check, but my boss is not my source. God was here before the U.S. economy ever showed up. Come on, somebody. What are you saying? Please go back to that for me if you would, Madeline. I want to say that again. God made us who we are so we can make known who he is. He wants us to walk with our shoulders squared back and our head up high. And he wants us to bring down every lie with the truth. I am who he says I am. I can be what he says I can be. I can do what he says I can do. And it's not that I'm better than anybody else. It's just I want to be a good reflection of who he is. Here's my next point I want to make to you. Here it is. Our identity is for the sake of making known his identity. Can I say it again? Our identity is for the sake of making known his identity. Hope House men, women, celebrate recovery. I beg you, don't walk in your past. Walk in the identity of your future. And defeat every lie with the truth. I'm going to give a few of them to you and then we're going to wrap this up. You know why you are who you are? Because you're not alone. Because you are in Christ. Say it. I am in Christ. Say it again. I am in Christ. Okay, I want the rest of you. It's more fun when we all do it together. I am in Christ. That's who I am. I am in Christ. Number one. In Christ Jesus, you were given grace before the world was created. Come on. Number two, in Christ Jesus, you were chosen by God before creation. Number three, in Christ Jesus, you were loved by God with an inseparable love. Number four, in Christ Jesus, you were redeemed and forgiven for all your sins. Number five, in Christ, you are justified before God. And the righteousness of God in Christ is imputed to you. I'm on pause right there. 
You're not righteous because you wear long sleeves. You are righteous because God imputed his righteousness to you and he placed it in your account. Are you with me? Here's number six. In Christ Jesus, you have become a new creation and a son and daughter of God. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation and the old has passed away. So act like it. Act like it. Act like it. My identity is not in man. My identity is not even in my family. My identity is in Christ. Number seven, in Christ Jesus, you have been seated in the heavenly places even while he lived on the earth. That's hard to get our mind wrapped around. See, that's why, oh, I got to tell you this. That's why if your condition is not real good today, your position is secure. So even if you don't have $2 in your billfold and say, man, my condition ain't great. Your position is real good. You know why? Because you're seated with Christ in that heavenly place. Number eight. Oh, I like this one. In Christ Jesus, all the promises of God are yes for you. Woo, they're yes for you. I can tell I'm having way more fun than you are. You know why? Because I'm getting revelation of this. Have I always had it? No, I haven't, but I'm getting it. It's starting to go from my head and it's getting now into my heart. Because in Christ Jesus, you are being sanctified and made holy. Here's number 10. In Christ Jesus, everything you need will be supplied. Number 11. In Christ Jesus, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. See, this is why Jesus didn't get angry at the devil. You know why? Because when you get angry, it can mess you up. When you just stay in peace. You know what? I I don't have to respond to that. I don't even have to go there. I'm going to just stay in peace. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind because it doesn't matter what they say anyway. What matters is what he says. Here's number 12. In Christ Jesus, you have eternal life. And 13, get a hold of this number 13. And in Christ Jesus, you will be raised from the dead at the coming of the Lord. So just let me wrap this up by saying this and I'm, I'm done. There's two watches. There's a Rolex and there's a Timex. Mm-hmm. But their value is world apart. I'm going to say it again in closing. There's a Timex and there's a Rolex, but their value is worlds apart. And it would be foolish to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a Timex. Why? Because value is connected to the manufacturer. And you've been manufactured by Christ. And so guess what? You're a Rolex. You're not a Timex. Let God's word begin to wash over your mind. Not so that you can walk in arrogance, but walking in humility. Knowing who you are in Christ. And knowing that on the inside of you there are gifts and abilities and talents that God wants you to share. 
so that His glory can be seen through your life. Would you stand, all of you bunch of Rolexes? I have a Rolex. I started when I was a young boy saying, I'm going to have a Rolex. And my mama said, why, son? I said, because I like them. My mama said, you're so vain. I said, I know it. Pray for me. I kept saying I was going to have a Rolex and I said, I'm going to have a stainless and gold Rolex. I've told this story many times, but I'm going to tell it again for the new ones. I said, I'm going to have a Rolex. It's going to be stainless and gold, stainless and gold. I'm going to have it one day. I said it so much that it went from my head that it finally got into my heart. And one day I just believed it. I just believed it. I stopped saying it. I didn't need to say it anymore because I knew it was going to happen. One day a man walked into my life and he said, Pastor, he said, I want to give you something I wore at one time. And he said, and I thought of you, and I want to give it to you. I want you to come to my house. I got something for you. I said, great. I went to his house. We talked a while. He went into the back of his room, come back out with this box, opened it up and said, this is for you. It was a stainless and gold Rolex. What, what is that? That's natural faith. That's natural faith. And I didn't even know it, but I was calling to myself what I wanted. I was calling to myself what I wanted. Now for the longest time I wore it because I felt like, you know, when I wore it, it showed people, you know, I had value. I don't want to even wear it anymore because I understand a Rolex is not what has value to my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, I was shallow in my thinking. But let me ask you this, if natural faith can do that, what can spiritual faith do? Why don't some of you start calling those things that are not as though they already were and speaking in faith and say, you know what? This is not for me. I'm not wanting this just for myself, but I'm wanting this so I can reflect the glory of God. I want to be blessed so that when the next missionary comes, I'll have $100 to be able to give. Because guess what? As bad as you want to give it, if you don't have it, you can't give what you don't have. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about God wants to do some incredible things in a small town. God wants to blow some of your minds. I'm not just up here just beating my gums to hear myself talk. I'm trying to instill faith in some of you. Some of you ought to go back to school. Some of you ought to start a business. Some of you ought to start writing some songs. Some of you ought to start coming out of your shell and seeing God, seeing yourself the way that God sees you. If this message resonated with you, would you just lift up your hand right now? Now would you lift up your voice to the Lord and would you just ask God, God, help me. Help me to see myself. Help me to see myself the way you see me. I want to guard my destiny. And I'm going to guard it with truth. Hallelujah. I'm coming against every spirit of fear that would keep some of you locked in your shell.
hey, if you got to go, I understand, but we're going to baptize a couple men, but I'm just not done. So if you got to go, you can go. I was in prayer the other day, and I've never called Kaylee like this, but I called her up, and I began to speak to her what the Holy Spirit has spoke to me. And I said, Kaylee, there are things in you that have been tucked away, but God wants to bring them out. And I believe with all of my heart, even though that Kaylee's natural tendency is a little shy, I believe that you're going to start seeing her step out more and more because it's in her. And I just told her what the Lord told me. And I wish that I could look all of you sweet people in the eye and tell you that God hasn't called me to do this by myself. We got to step out of fear and shyness and being timid. And we got to see and get a revelation that we are who He says we are. And we've got some things in us that we need to give away. Now listen, if this message resonated with you, I want you to step out from where you are right now. And I want you to come as they sing. And I just want you to lift up both of your hands. And I just want you to begin to ask God, God help me to see myself the way you see me. God help me to guard my destiny against every family member, against my past against those, God, who have talked down to me, against the abuse, against the hurt, against the labels of yesterday.
want you to know that it's taken me a long time. It's taken me a long time. I'm almost 55 years old. So today, this message wasn't about condemning anyone. It's about challenging everyone. Let's keep reaching for what God wants for us. Let's keep believing that even though this economy's going crazy, that our God will supply our need according to His riches and glory. Let's keep looking to our source. Thankful for our boss, but not our source. He's our source. Paul and Vanessa, you can get mad at me later, but right now you got to love me. Come here. I want you to come here, please. Here's the good news. you got to forgive me to make heaven. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting Paul and Vanessa on blast. I promise to God I'm not. I promise to God I'm not. This man's a businessman. And God has blessed this man. And you know what some of you young men ought to do? You ought to say, Brother Paul, how did you get where you got? Would you be willing to teach me? Because you know what? It's not about me just being blessed so I can drive up here in a Corvette and say, look at me. That's juvenile. It's about being blessed because we got a kingdom. And we got people to reach. And we got a job to do. And you know what money builds? It builds churches. And it builds orphanages. And it builds hospitals. Yes, it does. Am I after the almighty dollar? I've almost been here 12 years and you know better than that. You know that's not my character. I want you blessed. I want your families blessed because I hate struggle. I hate struggle. And God don't want us to struggle emotionally, financially, spiritually. He doesn't want us to struggle. He's come that we may have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Can I get a witness? Pa, Vanessa, everything I got was about speaking about that Rolex, he said. You got to speak what you want, and he'll give it to you. You got to speak it, y'all. I'm serious. If you got to go, you can go, but I'm not done. You read in your Bible, it took a, it took a Samuel to call David out and anoint him as king. It took God to call Moses out and say, Moses, you're my man. It took Jesus to call Simon out and say, Simon, you're not Simon anymore. You're Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And I'm telling you, God has put it in my spirit. He has told me, Wayne, you and Janet, you got to start calling it out of people. You got to start calling greatness out of them. By God's help, I'm going to do it. You know what I want us to do all over this house? I want you mature saints of God who I'm looking at. I want, you to, I want you to work your way through. And I want you to just lay your hands, especially on Celebrate Recovery and Hope House. And I just want you to speak over their future. Would you do that? I'm really looking at this mature group over here. 
I want you to walk yourself through this audience. And I want you, sister, I want you, come on, and I want you to lay your hands on them. And I want you to begin to call out greatness in their life. Now those of you, come on, Steve, Sherry, the Poussons, come on, yeah, I'm talking to you. Sister Gail, Brother Jim, yeah, I'm talking to y'all. I'm talking to you mature ones. in you, son. There's greatness in 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you older ones, it's not time for you to retire. It's time for you to refire. Now you may retire in the natural. That's not what I'm talking about. But you got to refire in the spirit. We got to lay hands on people. We got to speak into their future. We got to call greatness out of them. Are you with me? Don't tell me, Sister June, that God's allowed you to sit on a pew for 60 years and not have something to give away. I don't believe that. I don't believe this is a one-man show. I believe we're believers, and as believers, we've got to give it away. Lisa, you haven't sit on that pew for 40 years and heard the word for just to sit and soak and get sour. you got to give it away. Sister Jolene, your mama was a great lady in this church. She's getting weaker. She's getting weaker. I'm just asking y'all, I'm asking you, what are we going to do about Sister Cammie? What are we going to do about Sister uh, Groves? What are we going to do about some of these other warriors and veterans of the faith? Somebody's going to have to make it in their mind. I'm picking up the torch and we're going to carry on. And we're going to see what God has in store for us. Amen. Amen. I love you. I'm passing it. I know I've held you a long time and I'm sorry, but I, I don't apologize. No, sir. No, sir. I'm hungry for the miraculous. Yes, sir. I'm hungry for more than three points and a point. Yes, I'm hungry for life transformation. And if it doesn't happen here, then pray tell me where is it going to happen? It's not going to only happen here. It's going to happen as we walk into the highways and the byways. In the grocery stores and in the post office. Not trying to get ready, but being ready. Lord, speak to us today. Give us the right word. Put us at the right place at the right time. In Jesus' mighty name. I think I'm baptizing a couple guys. Are they ready? Who are we baptizing? Okay. Anthony. Anthony, are we baptizing you, son? Okay, Anthony. Brother... Carlton's going to help me, Brother Carlton, if you'll get in, please. All right, Brother Anthony, you can get in. How many family members we have here for Anthony? All right, great. What's your relationship, Anthony? You're his mama. Well, thank you, Mama, for being here. That's sweet. Anthony and I, we had probably, what, 17, 20-minute conversation yesterday. Anthony has fully repented of his sins, and he is ready to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he has made a decision. He's made a choice to leave his old life and to accept the life that Christ has for him to walk out. And Anthony, son, I don't know where you've been and I don't know what you've done. I don't know who you've done it with or how long you've done it. But all of that is covered by the blood of Jesus. And when you come up out of this water, you're going to come up a new creature in Christ. And you're going to bear his name. And when you come up, I want you to raise your hands. And me and Brother Carlton are going to lay hands on you. 
And you just might start speaking some words you've never spoke before. Just let that flow right on through you and right on out of you. I tell you, when you receive what God wants for you, son, it'll be an experience you'll never forget. Amen. All right, take your hand. Step up real close. Take this other hand. Anthony, on the confession of your faith and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on now. Come on, son. Give him praise. Come on, tell him, here's my heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, that good work that you started in this young man. Come on, that's it. That's it, Anthony. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. God, I give you my heart. Give you my soul. I give you my mind. I give you my everything. And I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody give Anthony a big hand. Praise God. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, family, for being here. Chanson, are you here, son? Chanson, where you at, son? I just want to tell you all a little bit about Chanson. Chanson, is your are your is some of your family here? Is your okay? Now tell me the relationship. Yours, Mom. All right. Well, thank you. And his daddy. Thank you all for being here. I'm going to tell you all a little bit of something about Chanson. Chanson is in the Spark program. That means he's pretty sharp upstairs. And I asked him, I said, well, do you like school? And he said, no, not really. I said, that's pretty good to be in the Spark program and not even like school. Chanson's 12 years of age, and he and I, we probably, how long did we talk the other night? 10 minutes, 15 minutes? He understands exactly what he's doing, what the purpose of baptism is. He's a smart guy. And we're glad to have your mom and your dad. Are these your sisters? Yeah. Well, they probably don't think as quite as much of you as Jesus does, but Jesus thinks a lot of you. They'll eventually catch up. But Chanson, we're, we're glad to have you, son. Are you, are, is, what grade are you in? Sixth grade. So that means you start getting to be in the youth group. All right. Okay, cool. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you, are you going to get to go to youth retreat? Are you really? Awesome. That's great, man. I'm going to tell you something, son. Ain't no telling what's going to happen at youth retreat for you. Just say, God, I want everything you got for me, right? Because everything God's got for you is good. Nothing evil in that. It's all good. Take your hand, if you will. Hold your nose. Take your other hand. Step up. There you go, right there. Chanson, on the confession of your faith, son, and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, Chanson. Come on now. Come on, son. Come on, son. That's it. That's the Holy Spirit right there. started in this young man. 
completed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody give chance and a big hand. You've been more than patient with us today. God bless you. Thank you. I love you. Go with God. And God is going to go with you. Have a blessed, blessed day. We're going to be marrying, marrying old Marshall boy and Sister Sissy at 5 o'clock here today. Yay! Have a great day.